0: All right, all right, guys. Hey, if you got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up. Matthew chapter 18 is where we're going to be in just a moment. All right, we're going to read the first 10 verses of Matthew 18 in uh in just a minute, but man, everybody looks really good this morning, and happy Easter, I said it earlier, but look at everybody, everybody, uh, how many people, let's have a moment of honesty here, how many people uh, bought a new outfit for Easter Sunday? Raise your hand, looking good, looking really good. Man, I can tell most people showered today. You guys look great, you smell good, you look good. Uh, Anybody here uh, hunting eggs either today, later today, or, or past couple of weeks, because of Easter, you're hunting eggs, kids' hands? Are going up. anybody eat peeps for Easter? You know that sugar coated styrofoam that we always eat Easter. Okay, there we go. There we go. That's awesome. And here's the thing. And, and maybe you come to church every week, or maybe this is kind of your yearly uh, family tradition. You know, on Easter, my family goes to church. I don't know what you do uh, on every Easter, but here's what I know. The reason that we're all here is because two thousand years ago, a man died, and then plot twist, he came back from the dead. Right. So, so, so Jesus came back from the dead. That's why we're here. And here's the crazy thing about that. I don't know where you live, but where I live, when people die, they usually stay that way. Right? Here's the thing. I bet if I walked up to you, say, at Walmart or maybe even in the lobby where I talking before or after church, and we're just in a, a casual conversation, and just really off the cuff, I asked you, hey, do you think people can come back from the dead? I bet a lot of people in here would say, no way, man. Well, I mean, no, that's the walking dead. But when people die, they usually stay that way. And yet here we are, new outfits and all, because a man died. And he came back to life. And I don't care what you think about the resurrection, I don't know what you think about Jesus or where you're at on that kind of spectrum, but I think that we can all agree, whether you believe in the resurrection or not, I think that we can all agree that the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus, it has had a monumental impact on our civilization. On, on, on the world that we live in, I mean, we divide time based on what happened this weekend, right? B.C. and A.D. before Christ, A.D. after death. And so whatever you think about the death and resurrection of Jesus, it's had a profound impact on the world that we live in. And so I want us to read this morning what happened on that Sunday. So Matthew chapter 18 uh, is where we're at. Matthew chapter 18 is, uh, is where we're going to be at in just a few moments and um, so go ahead and you can open up, uh, open that up. And uh, actually the words are gonna be on the screen here uh, with me. And so, uh, so go ahead, you can uh, go ahead and open that. And uh, I was wrong, it's 28, Matthew 28. It's just Easter, right? Big day for preachers. I don't even know where I'm at in the Bible. Matthew chapter 28, not Matthew 18, all right? Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> Matthew 28, one through 10 Has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped them. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there. They will see me. So just to kind of fill us in on what just happened, Mary and another woman that followed Jesus, two women go to the tomb of Jesus. They're going to mourn at Jesus' tomb. And when they get to the tomb of Jesus, an earthquake happens. An angel shows up and rolls the stone away. Sounds like a normal Sunday morning, okay? Let me ask you a question. Why did the angel roll that stone away? Can I tell you why he didn't roll that stone away? He did not roll that stone away to let Jesus out. You ever lock somebody up in a room of your house or in a closet and after a while they start banging on the door? come on, guys. Let me out. It's not funny. Jesus is not in the tomb on Easter morning, guys. Come on. The reason we know that is because when the angel rolls the stone away, Jesus is already gone. Did you see that? Jesus did not walk out when the angel rolled the stone away. He was already gone. Why did the angel roll the stone away? Here's why. Not to let Jesus out, but to let people in. The angel rolled the stone away not to let Jesus out, but to let people in and to see what God has done. See, the theme of not just Easter, but of Christianity is that he's not here. He is risen. And if Jesus is alive, then that affirms and backs up and proves everything that Jesus said and did. It shows that Jesus really was God, that he really could forgive sins, that he was and is the only way that you and I can have a relationship with God. So if Easter happened, if Good Friday and the resurrection happened, then it is the most important event in human history. I love what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis says this. He said, Christianity, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Do you understand that? Do Do you understand that? See, if this weekend really happened, this is the most important event in all of history, and it demands that we stop and put the peeps down, and in the midst of our new outfits, say, what does this mean? But if it didn't happen, then we need to take our new outfits and our peeps and go home. Because none of this is true. And that's not me being dramatic. That's actually what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, look at this verse. I love this verse. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. I have time to share it this morning. I shared it a lot with our church. I didn't grow up in church. Okay. I didn't grow up in uh, I didn't grow up in church. In high school, I told a lot of people that I was an atheist. I, I didn't believe in God. At all, and it's a long, uh, long story, but to make a long story short, I gave my life to Jesus when I was a senior in high school on the day one of my very good friends was killed in a car accident. It's a really long story, but, but just God just did something in my life in that moment, and I knew that he was real and that I needed him. And listen to me, I knew that God was real based on that moment and since because of what God has done in my life. But, 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 I had a lot of people started to come to me, and they say, Mark, why do you believe that Jesus died and came back from the dead? Mark, why do you believe what you believe? And I still had a lot of questions, and so not too long after I met Jesus, I I wanted to go back, and I wanted to say, is that the only thing that can prove that the resurrection happened is my changed life? Because look at me. If you haven't heard anything I've said this morning, look at me right now. Just because something changes your life doesn't mean that it's true. Hello? Hello? It's called the placebo effect medically, right? Doctor says, here, take this pill, it will help you, it will improve your circumstances. People take it and they believe that it's gonna work for them and they show signs of improvement. Really, it's a sugar pill and it wasn't what the doctor said at all. Listen, just because something changes your life does not mean it's true. So we need to ask three questions today. We asked three questions, all right? Three questions, if you're taking notes, here's the first question we've got to ask. This is a huge question. Don't assume this one. Or bypass it very fast. Did it happen? Did the resurrection of Jesus really happen? Now, as a preacher, you can probably guess what my answer is gonna be, right? You should not be on the edge of, uh, edge of your seat right now. Cliffhanger, right? What's he gonna say, right? Um, can I take my preacher hat off though today? Can I talk to you as a follower of Jesus and not a preacher? Because I believe that you can prove that the resurrection happened. There's no other event in human history that's been investigated and scrutinized more than than the resurrection. I could talk a lot about why I believe that the resurrection is an actual historic event. But really quickly, and if you wanna talk about it more, I'll be in the lobby before and afterwards. You can message me on Facebook. I'd love to have lunch with you and talk to you about why I believe it. I'll give you a few reasons why I believe the resurrection of Jesus actually happened. The biggest one is actually in this text who saw that the tomb was empty and told other people about it first? Women. Women saw it first. Women saw that the tomb was empty and told people about the resurrection first. That might not, look at me, that doesn't seem like a big deal in 2018, but in the ancient Near East, in Jesus' day, the testimony of a woman was thrown out in every circumstance because in that day, women were considered as liars and untrustworthy. Men, horrible opportunity for an amen. Amen. Don't in that at all. Don't in that. Don't affirm that whatsoever. Okay? Right? Women were not allowed to testify in court under any circumstances. Why? You couldn't believe a woman in Jesus' day. If a woman was going to testify about anything in any situation, it took the testimony of two women to make the equivalent of one man's testimony. There was a Greek philosopher named Cyrus, and he gave a lot of his life to disproving Christianity. And here's one of the things that he actually said. The reason that we know Christianity is not true, and the reason we know the resurrection never happened, is because in all of the written accounts about the resurrection, the first people to see it and to talk about it are women, and we all know that women are hysterical. Again, no amens. You couldn't believe a woman. You've heard this before, right? You've heard people say, you can't trust the Bible because after thousands of years of translation, we've lost the original meaning, and we can't believe the Bible anymore. Anybody ever heard that? Raise your hand. I've heard that tons of times, right? Can I submit to you? Can I submit to you? I never hear anybody talk about this, and I don't understand why. If that were true, if the Bible really was changed after thousands of years of translation, the very first thing that would have been taken out was that women saw the tomb empty, first, and they told people about it. You have no idea the amount of pressure on the disciples and the biblical authors to take out that detail. Listen, if you want people to believe the empty tomb thing, you got to take the women out, but they couldn't. Why? Because it happened. They said, we can't change it. We can't change the details. This is how it happened. And then you move on from that. Every single one of the disciples, with the exception of John, was killed and tortured for their faith. Why would they do that? I mean, while Jesus was alive, Peter, the disciple, Peter even denied that he knew Jesus, but something happened. Peter became so courageous that history records he was crucified upside down. Why was he tortured to death like that? How did he go from a coward to having courage? Can I submit to you that what happened is Jesus saw the resurrected Christ Nobody dies for a lie they knowingly start. People die for a lie all the time, but nobody dies for a lie that they knowingly start. I have a low threshold of pain, all right? You torture me, I tap out quickly, especially if I know I made it up. None of them tapped out. Why? Because they knew that the resurrected Jesus had changed their life and he had defeated death, and so they accepted death themselves. Not only that, but listen, it would have been so easy to stop Christianity when it started. Christianity started in Jerusalem. Peter the apostle preaches in Jerusalem about the resurrection of Jesus. If the dude was dead, dead and buried in Jerusalem in the middle of that sermon, anybody that wanted to disprove what Peter was saying, they could have just went to the tomb, got the body, and said, boys, he's still here. Let's go home. There's a cemetery across the street over here. If I told you that somebody came back from the dead out of that cemetery and they're eating at Francis's diner right now, how easy would it be to disprove what I'm saying? You could go to that cemetery and prove, hey, you know what, they're still here. Why couldn't anybody do that in Jerusalem where Jesus died and was buried in the middle of that sermon? Why couldn't after centuries of people trying to stop and to snuff out Christianity, how did Christianity go from this small movement in the Middle East to here we are, thousands of years later in Hazard, Kentucky, worshiping Jesus? Here's how nobody, here's why nobody could stop it, because it happened. Jesus Christ really did come back from the dead. But now that we know it happened, because see, you got That's great. That's great. Why did it happen? Why? Okay, so it happened. So did it happen? Yes. Why did it happen? Look at this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made, let's all say this last word, Alive. In Christ, all will be made alive. Why did the resurrection happen? Here's why because our deepest and greatest need is for life. I'm not talking breathing, heart pumping life, I'm talking deeper than that. Every single human being at some point in their life has a moment where they look at their lives and they ask themselves, Is this it? I, I thought there was more people with no money and people with all the money in the world at some point in their life look around and say, Is this it? Is it just money? People with all the influence in the world and people with no influence at all, at some point in their life look around and say, isn't there more? Isn't there more? And you and I, we've been told from day one that the purpose of life, and if you want to be fulfilled, you just need to get more. And you can define more however you want. More square footage, more degrees, more promotions, more relationships, more popularity, more whatever. Whatever you want to define as more, if you just get more, that's what life is is about, but the problem is that we get more or we know people who get more and they're still searching. Why? Because the book of Ecclesiastes says that God has written eternity in our hearts. Listen to me, you and I, we were not made for more. We were made for God. And what Easter shows us is that life isn't in a place, it's in a person named Jesus. See, we were made for God. We were made to have a relationship with God. But our biggest problem, if life is our biggest need, our biggest problem is what's called sin. And sin separates us from God. We've all sinned. You can think of sin in a couple different ways. Sin is when you do things that God says not to do. It's so easy to prove that. I do this every time I do something like this on Easter. I usually do this. Anybody in here ever lied? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar right now. Sinner, Jesus died for you. Um, Right, We do things God says not to do, and we live for things other than God. That first part of that verse, I don't know if we can bring that verse back up on the screen. It says, for as an Adam, all die. Adam, Adam and Eve, those are real historic people. Adam and Eve, they represented all of humanity, and here's the choice they made. We don't need God. We can do life on our own. And every person who's ever made that decision, it's never went well for them. And here's the thing. We've all made that decision. Sin separates us from God, and I don't know what you heard about God or what you think about God, maybe you think that that the only thing God wants is for you and I to be good enough, and so we're just trying to be good enough, and we hope that in the end it's going to be okay. Here's the problem is that God is perfect, and we can't be good enough to please a perfect God, and so what God did because God loves us is God sent Jesus to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. None of us are perfect, and Jesus was perfect in our place. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, separated from God. And Jesus took all of our sin and all the horrible things and all the junk in our lives. He took it on the cross, and he died for our sin. And then three days later, Jesus came back from the dead. And what resurrection Easter Sunday shows us is that there is nothing so dark and horrible in any of us that it can overcome Jesus. Jesus overcame death, hell, the grave, our sin, so that you and I, in him, we could have life. But if it happened, and that's why it happened, that he came that we have life, it just leads us into this last question. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Summit, listen to me. Listen to me. Not only is the tomb still empty, but the tomb is still open. That angel looks at Mary, and he says, "He says, Mary, Mary, come in. I want you to see this. I want you to, to see he's not in here. In other words, the angel looks at Mary, and he says, Mary, don't stand outside of what God has done. Mary, I want you to step inside so that what's in here can transform you, because there is nothing in here. He is alive, and he is alive for you. See, Easter demands a response, But here's the problem for a lot of us. The problem for a lot of us is that we might be here today in our Easter best, and we might say, you know what, I believe in the resurrection. But the problem for a lot of people is they believe in the resurrection, but the resurrection makes no difference in their life. Just like C.S. Lewis said, if the resurrection is true, if Christianity is true, it doesn't deserve moderate importance, oh, that's nice. That's nice. It deserves the utmost importance. Listen, Jesus didn't come so that we would celebrate the resurrection on one day. The resurrection is worthy of our entire lives. The resurrection is worthy of you and I giving our all to him, of saying, Jesus, here's my life. Take my life. I surrender my life to you. So you might know about Easter, but have you ever experienced it? Have you ever experienced the love of God? Have you ever experienced the forgiveness of your sin? Have you ever experienced Jesus coming into your life and making you brand new? I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter where you've been, and it doesn't matter what you've done, I want to tell you today, the tomb is open, and the invitation for all of us is to come inside. Because if you come inside, you will never be the same again. Say, Mark, how do I get that life? Mark, how do I get the life that Jesus came to give? It's actually really simple. Again, I don't know what you've heard about Jesus or God or how this works. It's actually very simple. You don't need to try to jump through hoops and try to clean yourself off. It's actually just like an old song that that we still sing a lot of times. You come to God just as I am, just as you are, just as you are with those things still in your life, with you still battling that addiction, with you still fighting that fight, with that Thing and those inconsistencies and the mess is still in your life. It doesn't matter who you are. The tomb is empty. And so it starts with you coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I am coming to you today. And I want you to be my Savior. And I want you to be my Lord, Jesus. I think you're worthy of more than an hour once a year. I think you're worthy of more than an hour once a week. Jesus, I think you're worthy of my life. I think if I don't have you, I don't have one. I might have a lot of accomplishments, and I might have a lot of stuff, and, man, I can look successful, and I can get the American dream. But, Jesus, if I miss you, I'll miss it all. Because the Bible says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess here's what that means. What that means is that after this life is over, we will all stand in front of Jesus, and when we see him, when we see him for who he is, in that moment, the automatic response of every person, regardless of what you thought about it in this life, in that moment, the automatic response when we see Jesus is to fall on our knees and worship him because he is worthy of all of it. But listen to me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You gotta get this. You gotta get this. In that moment, that moment is not an opportunity for you and I to give our lives to Jesus. That moment is a recognition of who Jesus is. And the worst thing in that moment will be if we get to that moment and realize that in this life, we pushed him off, said I didn't have time for him, or we refused to give him our lives. Listen, on Easter Sunday, we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. We could celebrate yours. We could celebrate Jesus coming into your life. Changing everything. And it starts with you making a move, coming to God and say, God, here's my life. Take it. Here's my life. Take it. You might be a follower of Jesus today, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking, Mark, I still feel empty. I still feel unfulfilled. What's, what's going on? Why is that? Well, after the resurrection, Jesus told his disciples, guys, I want you to go all over the world, and I want you to tell people that I'm alive and that there's life in my name, and what Jesus means is this that Jesus wants us to give Him our to trade in our mission for His mission and live for His mission. Christians, have you done that? Have you traded in your mission for God's mission? Jesus, use me and do whatever you want in my life. Easter is a reminder we were made for a bigger mission. Did you pray with me? Right now, nobody is moving. Right now, there, there's no movement in the room. The resurrection of Jesus Christ happened. And it happened so that you and I can have life. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? Have you ever experienced Easter? I mean what it's really about. The life transforming power of the resurrection of Jesus. Have you experienced his love? Have you experienced his mercy? Have you experienced forgiveness? Do you need to? Because if you need God today if you need forgiveness, if if something inside of you is saying, he's talking to you, that's God drawing you right now. Don't ignore him. Don't push him off. The tomb is open. Step inside. Jesus, I thank you that you are alive. And because you are alive, there is life in your name. And Easter demands a response. And so Jesus, right now, I pray that you would just take this time and, and Father, for people who have never experienced the power of the resurrection, I pray they'd step inside that tomb and say, Jesus, here's my life, take it. Pray for Christians who need to say, Jesus, here's my mission, take it. I want your mission. Just be glorified in our lives right now. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, you might be here today and you're a follower of Christ and you'd say, Mark, that's me. I, I need to trade in my mission for God's mission and, and, and I want God to use my life however he wants, but Mark, I need to take up God's mission and drop mine. If that's you today, would you just raise your hands so I can pray for you? Hands are going up right there. There's hands all over this room. Praise God for that. Praise God. I'm going to trade in my mission. God I, God, I want your mission. God, I just pray for every hand that just went up. God, that that commitment, that, that little gesture right there would lead to massive movements in lives. And for the rest of us, If you have never given your life to Jesus, this is your opportunity right now. This is your opportunity to step into that tomb and experience the power and the love and the mercy of God. If you're here today and you need Jesus to come into your life and to save you, you want him to be your Lord and Savior and you want to begin living for him, I'm going to pray a prayer, and these aren't magic words. It just helps a lot of times explain and define what's going on maybe in your heart. So if today you want to be saved, I just, pray, just pray this prayer silently with me right there where you're at. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you today. Help me to live for you starting right now. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. No one, eyes are open. No one is looking around. If you just prayed that prayer, you just made the biggest decision of your life, and I would love to pray for you and celebrate with you today. We all would love to celebrate with you today. Today, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, or today you say, Mark, I need Jesus in my life, just you raise your hand right now very high. Just raise your hand and say, Mark, today I'm giving my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand if that's you today. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you that Jesus is alive and there is life in him. And Father, as we worship today, as we declare today, Jesus is alive. And so God, I pray that that would ring true in our hearts, not just today, but every day. We have a living hope because we have a living Savior. Jesus, we love you. We ask all this in your name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Church, let's give God praise today on Easter Sunday for what he's done for us, for who he is. Amen, amen. Right now, our, uh, our ushers are going to come and they're going to get in place and and. And right now is when uh, everyone can go ahead and take those connection cards in your seat. Everybody go ahead and grab one. There's a seat in front of you. There's one, a card in front of you, in the pocket in front of you, in the seat. Or if you're in the front row, it's in the seat that you're in. Go ahead and grab those cards right now. And just everybody go ahead and fill those out so you can go ahead and grab that card and let us know how we can pray for you, any way we can serve you. Go ahead and fill those cards out. And you might be here today and maybe you made a decision for Christ Check that on the back of that card. Let us know what God did in your life today. Now, let me say this very quickly. Dana's going to come up. I'm going to pray for our offering. If you're here today for the very first time, we've got a free gift for you out there at our next step area. That's the big wall uh, counter in the in the middle of the lobby. You can't miss it. Go out there. We've got a free gift for every first time guest. So make sure you visit that before you leave today. Right now, we're about to receive our offering, and I think if there's ever been a reminder. Of why we give, it's Easter. That God gave his only son, that's why we give. God gave his only son and he came back to life and that's why we give. We give as an act of worship. Maybe you want to give, you're not prepared to. You can actually give on our website at summithazard.com or through our app. I'm gonna pray and then Dana's gonna come and uh, she's gonna share with you a little bit. And uh, So let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd take this offering and bless it. Pray that you'd use it for your glory. God, I pray for every person here that's made a decision as they write those on those cards and as they put the cards in the baskets today, God, that you would just, that you would take that decision and transform lives with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as Dana comes, I'd love to meet you guys if I've never met you before at our Next Step area. Listen to Dana for just a moment.
1: Good morning, everybody. everybody. Just a couple things that I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, Like Mark said, if today is your first time or your second time here with us or you have any questions or anything, then I would encourage you to visit our um, our welcome area out front. There's lots of materials and things out there that you guys can take home with you. So it's just a great area to try to check out each Sunday because you never know what new thing might be out there. Um, Be sure to check out our app. There's lots of um, things that you can check out there about what groups and things that we offer. There's a new women's ministry that's starting called The Vine, and you can check that out online, dates and times and everything, all the information for that. And the Operation Christmas Child item for the month of April is stuffed animals. You'll notice when you exit here to the right that there's an area where we're going to be taking up different things every month, and so this month's item, again, is stuffed animals, so start bringing those in next Sunday. You guys are dismissed. Dismissed.
2: Who can stop the Lord? Way before the King of Kings The God who comes to save Is here to set the captives free For who can stop the Lord The sin of the world, his blood breaks the chain.
3: Dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. blade but she...
4: found the God With healing in His hands I turned to you Put everything behind me And found the God Who makes all things new I looked to you Drowning in my questions And found the God Who holds all wisdom And I trusted you And stepped out on the ocean You caught my hand among the waves Cause you're the God of all my still covers me I fell on you when I was at my weakest and found the God the lifter of my head and I've worshipped you and felt you right beside me you're the reason that I sing cause you're the kind.